Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 402. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and so far, we have not had any technical difficulties with Blog Talk Radio. So that's a good thing. So let's hopefully we can get through the next two hours without anything really fucking up. Uh, Doesn't mean that we won't, but hopefully the uh, broadcast does not, and you get to hear us ramble and scramble and do whatever we need to do. Okay, it's been an exciting week of football off uh, off the field football, uh, we've had the, what we had the uh, trade deadline was today, and and first time in my known history they extended the deadline by what an extra hour or two. Um, yeah, and, and what was that? I guess there was a deal in place that they were trying to work out, and it uh, wasn't quite done in time for the deadline. And uh, they applied to extend the the, the deadline, and, and the commissioner said yes. Uh, I thought deadlines were used because that's the dead time, you know, deadline in which you are supposed to get it done. If you don't get it done by then, it doesn't happen. For to extend a deadline like that, uh, it's 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 not right. That's just Randy and Brosy being a dick again and doing stupid things. That's not proper. <sighs> about this guy what why he's still the commissioner i have no idea but he's beyond a joke and that's kind of the way it is so there was a trade at the deadline and we'll get to that in segment six uh other things are happening around as most of things are going on in argo land and uh that's pretty cool uh because they were a bit of a tire fire today or this year and uh hopefully things are going in the right direction we're going to talk about that too what else are we going to talk about oh this Stadium in Halifax. Oh, my good Lord. Does it ever end? Does this ever end? I don't know. We're going to find out about that one, too. Uh, BC Lions still in the playoff hunt. That's pretty exciting. Uh, Mitchell's there. Oh, oh! did you hear about what Rod Peterson said today about Bo Levi Mitchell and John Huffnagel? He said John Huffnagel should not be in the same conversation as who the best GM there is because he grossly overpaid for a uh, mediocre quarterback and then had to hide him on the IR for six games to uh, save a quarter million dollars for his salary cap. Oh, my good Lord, is that going to cause a shit storm, eh? Okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. We just put it on our chat, and Will had a conniption. Um, but uh, it wasn't that bad, actually. Uh, he kind of refrain from it and then we're going to talk about the xfl why i don't know but that's kind of on my agenda so this is what we're going to talk about today and we're going to do all sorts of things so what do we do here we i don't know what we're made of oh don't you love that these little things that just happened here i don't know where they come from okay so uh let's talk some football we've got the ottawa oh no we got to introduce the people the people the first one at the top of the list today is Phil. Phil, welcome to the show. How you doing? Oh, yeah, by the way, Mark's not joining us again. What is this, like the 28th consecutive day? Uh, is he going to come back when Winnipeg starts to win again, or is it just, I don't know, is he just got his head in the sand? 
I, I understand being embarrassed with Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but hey, okay. So welcome to the show, Phil. How you doing? Hey, thanks for the introduction, and I personally feel responsible for Mark not being on the show. Uh, it all started here a few weeks ago when I started slagging the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' chances for the rest of the season. Yeah, you did. You actually said that the Bombers are going to be on a slide. And, uh, and you know, that's where the Riders got the name Slider from because they always had a strong beginning, middle of a season, and then at the end of the season they just took a nosedive. And I don't know how many seasons they did that. But now Winnipeg has just, like, taken over that one. And, and, and they went on this. They peaked too early. It's plain and simple. They peaked too early. And uh, and went for a slide. Well, you know they had a lot of things that happened in there. Lost a quarterback. Their 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 uh, star all star, beyond star uh, running back got uh, drug tested, failed the drug test, and hasn't played worse shit since. So maybe the drugs are actually helping them. Uh, we don't know. That. Did we say that out loud? I don't know. But you know whether intentional or not, they were obviously helping him out because he's done shit since. Uh, so you think it's your fault, Phil, because you said that the Bombers were going to go on a slide? Or are you just taking responsibility? It seems like it. Yeah, it seems I, I don't like think it. so. It seems like yep. You know, when you said it, everybody looked at you kind of funny, but, you know, in, in deep down, I kind of felt the same way, is that I never thought that the Bombers were going to be able to complete. So I remember my statement was, was surprising for everybody, and... and uh, and did send some shockwaves through the podcast. Well, only with the bomber part of the, the podcast. The rest of us don't really give a shit. I don't listen to you, Phil. You're a writer fan. <laughs> See? Yeah. <laughs> I. Who can argue that? Oh, speaking of which, uh, welcome to the show, Will. How you doing? You know, I, I've got to tell you, i got to say something because I didn't freak out a few minutes ago, but I'm going to say something to Rod Peterson. And what I'm going to say to Rod Peterson's show is, don't listen to that corny show to he a punk to bet the wouldn't say any of that thug talk in front of bra face. Let's cancel him and his terrible talk show too. Take that, Rod Peterson. Oh, Oh, you know what? You Ouch. didn't say that with enough emotion, okay? Yeah, you and, see, and, and, and you got you got to do the gangsta talk because if you're not doing the gangsta talk when you're doing that, no, it, that I, really I'm doesn't a, mean anything. I'm a white, I'm a white fat Canadian. I can't talk. Like yeah, you're that, a honky. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. What can I say? We'll have, we'll have to read that off a sheet. Well, well so did of course I. I did. You, you can't, think you I was going to remember that? Makes sense. <laughs> Nobody in the world could memorize that. Hey, Phil, I showed my bookkeeper at work that that thing from from Brandon Banks, and she's a writer fan, by the way. And she says, "Who's bra face?" <laughs> I cried. Okay. I think I that was cried. the num- number one answer to most people. Said, "Who, who is bra face?" And I, I, I yeah. think he meant his bro's face. She thought it was a superhero. That she Maybe it was like a spell check or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. You mean an autocorrect? Because if it was autocorrect, he wouldn't crap on me all the time. Yeah, he yeah, but not not shit like that. You don't sound like a low edge. 
stuff. Okay. Well, speaking of, we got another country heard from. Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. On this good the weather's getting cold. Fall is here now. We're not yeah. we don't have minus three uh, outside right now. We got snow all over yeah. the place. Yep. Not not a good thing. No. What? That's that's football weather right now, right? That's good thing year, we got a dome. weather. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So are we gonna dive right into this and talk some football? Yeah, because we got lots to talk about tonight. We got lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Let's talk CFL. I'm just button happy today. Okay. So, first show, uh, first game up is Ottawa and Toronto. Uh, like seriously, who gives a fuck? Like I mean, does it matter? They don't even have to show up to the stadium, and it wouldn't make a difference, okay? Yes, theoretically, Ottawa still has a chance to make the playoffs. I don't know in what continent, but they do, okay? So, yeah, we, we get hassled a lot by not talking about Eastern teams, but this is why we don't talk about Eastern teams. They're junk, okay? Ottawa Red Blacks have three victories this year. Not that that the BC Lions, my team, has that many more with five because they're kind of junk this year too. Okay, so I'm not not dissing Ottawa because you know I think I'm better than them. That's that's not the the case. But at least the Lions have a fighting chance to stay in this this year. And then Toronto with two victories. So both of these teams, in all honesty, are eliminated from the playoffs. Okay, they're just not there. They. Uh, Ottawa would have to win four games. Ottawa would have to win four games in a row. They haven't won four games all year. So, no, that's, it's not going to happen. And, and especially the way that they're playing, which is just garbage. So, we can pretty much eliminate. I think we can come on, uh, you know, go over the top here and say that we have eliminated Ottawa from the playoffs. Do you guys want to agree with that? Anybody going to argue? Say something. Uh, I'm not going to argue. No? Okay, so Ottawa's eliminated from the playoffs. Toronto's eliminated from the playoffs. These two losers are going to play each other on uh, Friday night football. Who cares? Uh, Mark is saying the Toronto uh, Argonauts are going to win 23-18. Charles, what do you figure? Uh, well, I really don't, like I said, I really don't care about this team. This is a bad team against another bad team. A worse and team. it's probably going to be fairly bad football. You know what? It could actually be an interesting game because these teams both suck. So one of these teams has got to win, but um, it could be a very sloppy game here. I wonder who the Argos are going to start at quarterback. Uh, maybe they're going back, to, you think they're going back to James Franklin? No, they and can't. I don't think Corey Ch- well, I don't think Corey Chamblin's learned his lesson. Look how long he stuck with Darian Durant. Um, Actually, they, they've announced their starter. Oh, have they? And is it's, it going to be? It's neither of them. Yes, it is. No, it's neither of them. No, you're thinking of Ottawa. I think they announced you're thinking Ottawa. Ottawa. Oh, I am. I am. I am. Yeah, they they they've they, they, given up not... on both Davis and Jonathan Jennings. Yes, you're correct. You're correct. My bad. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they, they're going with some um, other guy that I never heard of. Maybe the Argos should go with whoever their third stringer might be. 
It was Zach Caleros until a few hours ago. But anyways, um, I'm just trying to determine which of these teams is worse. Uh, the Lions just thumped both of these teams. Um, they thumped Ottawa twice. Um, but you know what? After I saw last week's game, I think I'm going to go with Ottawa on this one. They've been crappy, but when I watch a team get blown out 55-8, to eight, I just can't turn around and pick them to win a week later, even though they're playing Ottawa, who is cr- also equally crap. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick a team that lost by 47 points. Um, well, you you might as well say 55 that. because that eight points in six seconds left that in the game really doesn't yeah, count. Uh, I'm that, gonna that's, that's beyond Ottawa. garbage time. Yeah, true. I'm going to pick Ottawa on this one. I think it's going to be a crap game, and I don't think either team is going to be um, all that exciting to watch because they haven't been all year. But I'll go with this one, and I'm going to give the win to Ottawa 20 to 10. 20 to 10. Okay. William, I know what you're going to say here. Well, you know what? I know who was starting at quarterback for Toronto. I think I think Zach Kolaris was taking first team reps all week. <laughs> I think he was too. And and well, that changed uh, today. So yep. I'm not spending a lot of I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this game, man. Both teams are pathetic, but I think when you get thumped 55 to nothing, and 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 your boss gets changed. You want to make an impression on them. So I am going to go 20, 21 to 8 for Toronto. Okay. Phil, what do you got? Who are you going? You're going to take auto? Does it really matter? Does it matter? No, it doesn't. It does not matter. It does not matter. Not to us, anyhow. Um, you might want to try to pick the force to try to stay ahead of Mark, but I don't know. I'm trying to follow these two teams, but it's hard. I, I do happen to have learned that uh, Ottawa is going to start and platoon two Canadian running backs. One's Greg Morris. The other one you never heard of. He's an ex-Ottawa Gigi. Uh, you know, Toronto has a has a significantly better passing game, particularly if McLeod Bethel-Thompson starts. But, you know, a matchup of the league's two worst teams doesn't exactly get my blood pumping. So, uh, I like teams coming off a bye, which is Ottawa's case. But I'm going to gamble that McLeod Bethel-Thompson is going to start this game. And I'm also going to gamble that the team will come out to impress their new GM. So, I'm going to take Ottawa, or sorry, Toronto, 26-14. 26-14. Now, I'm going to throw something out there that, Charles just didn't factor in. And one of them is Ottawa is starting a raw rookie quarterback. Okay? Not that that would be any worse than Jonathan Jennings or Dom Davis. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. But I'm betting money Toronto's coming back with the law office of McLeod Bethel Thompson. And uh, he knows how to play football. And uh, we're going to watch him destroy the Ottawa Red Blacks for the final final game this year. And it's the only victory that Toronto's going to get for the rest of the season. So they're going to both end up 3-15. and 15. Okay, Ottawa's not going to win another game. That's just a given. 
Uh, so they're gonna both going to end up 3-15 and 15 at the bottom, and then they're going to uh, work on uh, the season series to see who actually finished first, or should I say fourth or fifth, no, third or fourth in the Eastern Division, to see who gets number one draft pick. Oh, isn't that an interesting one? I'm picking Toronto on this, and I think they're going to just absolutely dominate the Ottawa Red Blacks because that's what happened. No, I don't think it's going to be a domination thing there. I'm going 24, 24-12. I don't have a lot of faith in either team being able to put points on the board. I think this might, it might – I wouldn't be surprised if both teams scored less than 10 points each. It wouldn't shock me in the least. Okay. Now, let's get over to a game that actually matters. Is there such a thing? Yeah, there's still a thing. Um, there's actually the next three games matter. And, you know, who would think that, you know, in in October, there would be six play, six teams right now fighting for different positions? Who would have thought that? Nobody. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Saskatchewan is traveling to Calgary to play the Stampeders at McMahon Stadium. This is going to be for the number one position in the division. The winning team will take over the top spot, although it may be temporary. Who knows? Uh, Saskatchewan temporarily or currently is the top spot with, uh, what is it? Uh, Oh, geez, I didn't even look. I better go look. I think it's 10 wins, isn't it? Ten, yeah, they got 10 least, wins, four yeah. losses. Calgary is 9-5. and five. Winnipeg is 9-6. and six. Uh, Winnipeg's a game behind them. Okay, so that's uh, basically the bottom line. Both Saskatchewan and Calgary have buys coming up. No, no, sorry, just Saskatchewan. Yeah, Saskatchewan and uh, Calgary both have buys. Okay. No, so, not Calgary. No, 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 the other no, way Calgary around. Played. I don't know. Never mind. Never mind. They're all playing. Um, so they're playing each other. So let's find out what's going on. Uh, Mark's got this game going to Calgary 28-24. Charles, who are you picking? Well, this is an interesting one. Uh, the Riders could actually all but wrap up first place if they knock off uh, the Stampeders in this Calgary. one. Uh, I know... Or, yeah, I know uh, mathematically it would still be possible for Calgary to catch him. I don't know if Winnipeg could catch him. I don't think so because the Saskatchewan's got the season series. But in all reality, uh, if Saskatchewan wins this one, they're probably finishing first in the West. So they certainly got lots to play for, as do the Calgary Stampeders, because they want to um, they want to um, still finish first in the West. So uh, mm-hmm. these two teams are very much going to be battling for this one. And these two teams have actually been playing very well of late. I know Calgary lost last weekend in the game to Montreal. But before that, they were really on a roll. So um, we're going to give them maybe a bit of a do-over after the loss to Montreal. Uh, and this could be a – I think this could be the game of the week. Because, quite frankly, uh, these are maybe the two best teams in the CFL – so I think these two teams are going to battle it out. I think it's going to be a very hard-fought game. This game is in um, Calgary, and Calgary. I think that's going to give the Stampeders the edge. They're a very good home team, always have been. Uh, 
Uh, and I just think they have that little bit of edge at home. I don't know what it is. They're one of the teams that um, when you play them at home, they're very tough uh, to play against. Calgary's a uh, place where not a lot of visiting teams win. Um, it has happened a couple times this year, I believe, but I think uh, Montreal that's over Montreal beat them in a big comeback. We know that. But you know what? I just, with first place on the line, and I think Bo Levi is a little bit pissed off after losing last week the way they did, and I think they're going to bounce back. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the um, Stampeders will just have a little bit more to put them over the top. So I'm going to pick the Stampeders to win this one in a close one. Uh, I'm going to say Stampeders 28 and Riders 26. 28-26, 28-26, Mark's got him 28-24. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, just a note here, if Calgary wins, that would mean Saskatchewan loses, and Winnipeg, who's playing Montreal, we'll get to that in a minute, wins, we have a three-way tie for first. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah. Or not. We would That's have a right. three-way tie for first. Winnipeg having, nice. you know. The other two with the game in hand, but still. Hmm. Unbelievable. In October, three-way tie for first. Yeah. Is that possible? We shall see. And mid-October, too, not even early. Yeah, no, mid-October. This is coming to the end of the schedule. Okay, William. I'm just going to put the big C down here because I know you never pick Saskatchewan, so I'm going to put the big C down here for Calgary. Yeah, but I'm trying to I'm trying to catch Phil and 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 Mark, so maybe I will pick Saskatchewan. I'm debating that. I haven't decided yet. No, I believe it. After all, Saskatchewan Saskatchewan does have the premier quarterback in the CFL, and so when you think in those terms. You know, Calgary probably doesn't have a hope in hell. So I, this is going to be a tough game for me to pick. I really got to think about this one. Um, you, you know Calgary, my opinion uh, of the Calgary quarterback, right, Will? Yes, you know my know. opinion of him, right? Opinion. So but you got Foley by Mitchell in one hand, their, and you got Cody Fajardo in the other. Who are you going to pick everybody's as a better quarterback? Opinion. I'm going to take Bo Levi no, Mitchell no, no. every day over Cody Fajardo. But he's the premier yeah. quarterback in the CFL, according to our Saskatchewan expert. But, um, you know, I, I've been thinking about this all week long. And and Saskatchewan, what is it, Phil? Have they won? They've won nine out of their last ten games, or something like that, haven't they? I can't remember. I believe that's the number. I just I believe yeah, that's the number. Out of I don't keep that. Here, here's an interesting statistic, though. Other than one of those games on the road, Cardi, Cody Fajardo has not thrown for over 200 yards. That's a very I interesting know. stat. That's a very wow. interesting stat. Um, so I, I think Saskatchewan got better than the last time the Stamps played them they, when they beat them 37-10. 37-10. Did I say that? So yeah, I think right. both teams both teams have gotten better since then. Okay? Um, so I am going to pick Calgary. Uh, I'm going to pick Calgary. I guess I'll pick Calgary. I'll pick Calgary 
Going out on a one. 40, 40 to 12. How does that sound? I like it. I like it. 40 to 12. Yeah. And, and, and you may, you may think that I'm kind of out to lunch, but in reality, if Calgary is going to be the team that I think Calgary should be, then they got to fucking stand up and fight. Because this is, this is the biggest game of the year for them. If they do not win this game, they're toast as far as winning the West goes. They're not going to win the West. Yeah, that's true. So it's either step up or fuck off. There you go. That's my thoughts. <laughs> okay. Well, we got a 40-12. Mark's got him 28-24. to 24. We so far we got three picks for Calgary. Phil, what are you doing? I guess it doesn't matter what score I pick if I'm going to pick the Riders. Well, you, you still got CJ's picking. That's right. But hey, there's no doubt, guys. This is the game of the week. Hell, it's oh, game I of the month know. for sure. It's I game of the month for sure, Christopher. And maybe the South season. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> no, I don't even know this what I know. Regular it wasn't me. Game of the century, gentlemen. This late in the season for the Calgary and Saskatchewan to be so close in the standings and the Riders to be in McMahon Stadium, it, I don't know. You can cut the tension with a knife. And Henry Burris put some light on it, and he calls it it's going to be Christmas Day at McMahon, and it really is for both Ryder and Stamp fans with the green and going at the red. And uh, I'm going to go into the Riders a little bit here right now. Uh, the Riders, you know, they're sitting with an embarrassment of riches on the O-line with Brendan Labatt back and fourth-round NFL pick Philip Blake getting ready to come back, and they're starting left tackle also close to returning. The latter two probably won't even see the field this season. Because uh, the guys that have stepped in for him have, uh, have far exceeded any expectation. Uh, Do you have a score? No, I've got, not yet. Uh, honestly, guys, today because today was the trade deadline, and wasn't that folksy how the the CFL uh, uh, extended that deadline by an hour? I thought that was so cool, so CFL. Cool. That was and, so uh, stupid. I expected the Riders to trade one of those excess offensive. I got to turn that one down. I didn't do that either, but I thought about it. Well, that's not shutting me down tonight. That, that one isn't. That was just a big game coming up. Uh, but the story is floating around, and if it goes public, he'll have to finish his career in Saskatchewan. Have you ever been to Saskatchewan? No, I haven't. Fucking blow So, there's some big news in Saskatchewan. There's a concussion injury to Cam Judge. And I would have expected who? the Riders to maybe trade Cameron Judge, the, uh, the starting all-star Canadian uh, weak side linebacker. Did, did, he, uh, did he get the concussion when he ran Strebler over last week? Uh, no, no. They, kept, they showed that on that, on, that uh, on the particular story that talked about the concussion, but it was actually uh, from... Uh, Harris, uh, when he when he tackled Harris, oh, sort okay. of a head to head. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was strange. They they put up the wrong the wrong clip. But this is a bad entry for the Riders. Uh, this this is, the, this is the only place other than quarterback where they have very limited depth. There's, there isn't a, court, a Canadian linebacker to step in there. What they're going to go with is uh, a couple of uh, <laughs> former Calgary Dinos, one old and one young, uh, uh, Sam Hurl and, and Mika Tights. Sam Hurl? Did you just say Sam, Sam Hurl? Hurl? Yeah. Sam Hurl. Oh, Sam can I, I mean, I get to bring score? up more Can I change Colonel? my score? Can I change my score? <laughs> Sam Hurl. Oh, I'm almost tempted to. Sam Hurl. No, so it doesn't look good there. But, you know, they'll scheme around it. Okay. So, who's going to win the game, Phil? Well, being the Riders lead the league in socks, I am – and they're going to put a little pressure on Bo Levi, and the Riders have the best secondary in the league – Close to it. I, <laughs> and let's admit, guys, Bolivar Mitchell. Bolivar Mitchell has been. <laughs> I'm going to take Saskatchewan 24, Calgary 21. Wow. Oh my God. I, I thought you were a man, Phil. Why don't you pick a real score? <laughs> I like this one. Oh, my God. Really? With the premier quarterback and the best defensive backfield and the leading sackers in the league. That's it, eh? Wow. Yeah. That's okay. what you're going to get because, it's, you know, it's still what a tough score, Christopher? Christopher, what was I'm gonna the score? I'm going to take 24-21. 24-21, okay. Okay, and I'm going to pick 28-24. And I know that that score is exactly the same as what Mark picked, so I'm going to have to pick Saskatchewan. Just trying to take the, the the win away from Phil, okay? I know I'm lost and I can't catch Will, so I'm trying to just take one away from Phil here. So I personally think Calgary's going to win, but I'm going to put that mock score in there, see what happens, and go from there, okay? So I don't know. It's just the game I want to play. The third game. Are these all Saturday nights? Three Saturday nights? Three Saturday games again? No. no two, on Friday, two on Friday. Two on Friday and two on Saturday. Two on Friday, two on Saturday. Okay. We did that in unison. The nice yeah. thing is I won't have to watch the Red Blacks and Argos calls. I'll be on the way to the stance game. How does that sound? <laughs> well, you're lucky you. Yeah, okay. I know. So, so the uh, third game, Saturday at, uh, like, afternoon and noon or something, is uh, Montreal-Winnipeg in Winterpeg. And... Uh, is Montreal good? I mean, did you guys look at the weather? This is not going to be a good game. This has got to be a ground game, and it's going to be Stanback versus Harris. And since Stanback actually passes his drug tests uh, and, 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 and puts up the numbers that he does, 
we honestly believe that he's the number one running back in the league. I mean, he's definitely a power back. He's definitely been doing a good job. He is probably the better of the two and, uh, and, and is not on pads. So we're going to have to uh, go with uh, uh, or pick Montreal here, I'm pretty sure. But we'll see what happens and see what the boys want. With Mark is surprisingly taking with egg, 26-17. Charles, who you got in this game? Uh, we wonder what we get. Montreal's on a win streak. Uh, yep. Uh, Montreal is on a win streak, and they've looked very good. They just knocked off Calgary a week ago. Lost to BC the week before that, but without Vernon Adams, that's not all that surprising. Uh, they've been one of the best teams in the league for several weeks. Um, so Winnipeg has the, not been. Bombers has not been. They've been they've been tanking big time. I remember about uh, a month and a half ago, we're thinking that they were in the driver. Well, they were in the driver's seat as far as first place went, and that's gone now. Um, long gone, and they're just not looking very good at all. Strebler, um he's kind of been showing that he's not really ready for prime time. Uh, Andrew Harris has not been the same since his suspension, and the Bombers just haven't been the same team. So um, I don't know. This one is going to be uh, crap weather. I think they're even talking about the possibility of snow on Saturday, which means that it's going to be even more important uh, for the running game in this one. And both of these guys have premier running backs. Both of these teams have premier running backs. Stand back for Montreal. Harris for um, Winnipeg. We'll have to see if Harris can get his game back. Uh, but you know what? I Something's just telling me Montreal in this one. I don't know. It's just they just seem like a team that's really together, that's really gelling. And quite frankly, the Bombers seem like a team that's in somewhat a bit of turmoil this right now. They're not exactly looking like the team that was looked so good in the early part of this season. They just look uh, off, and they have for quite a few weeks now. So I just, I it uh, tells me Montreal is going to win this one, probably I think in a close game. And if the weather is the way it's going to be, it could be a very low scoring game. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to pick Montreal to win this one, twenty to seventeen. Twenty to seventeen for Montreal. Okay, William, go else. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Hmm. Can someone help me out? No. I just. You're, you're, I just we're just going to go on. Move on. Mark is picking Winnipeg twenty six seventeen. Phil, what's your score for this one? No, sorry. Well, come on. You can do this. You're a big boy. Put on your big boy pants and not yeah, those caprice well, or long see, short, I'm whatever the fuck a, you want I'm to call them when you I'm look like a, an ogre. I'm not a I'm not a Chris Strebler fan, but he did fine against Montreal the last time, except he wasn't on the field when Montreal came back. So, but on the other hand, he didn't get any, I don't know, touchdowns in the second half or something like that. So, this is a hard game to pick. And I guess Zach Claris isn't playing on Saturday. Do we have that confirmed? No. Um, no, not really. No, not really. I'm going to go 
21 21 15 for Winnipeg. Wow. Really? You're go owls all year, yep. and now you're going to ditch them. Now, now you're going to ditch them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly disappointed with you. Okay. I Phil? gotta catch up because Phil's gonna pick the owls. Or yeah, I know Phil's gonna pick the owls. You know it. How'd you know that? Because you're very predictable, Phil. <laughs> Apparently. I, I mean, I thought this week, Phil, you were going to pick Saskatchewan, and lo and behold, you picked Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Good one, Will. Should I go ahead on this one, do you think? I don't, I don't know. That, I don't have much to say about the game because everybody knows what I've been saying about Winnipeg with Chris Traveler under center. And, and I don't want to slag the Winnipeg Blue Bombers too much more. Like I said, we're gonna we're gonna start to lose listeners from from Winnipeg. I w- I'm already losing friends. Fuck them. Uh, so you don't have friends, Bill. You're a writer's fan. I'm not you gonna go piss into a lot of detail. At the best of times. The most detail I'm gonna go into is I I love the way Vernon Adams Jr. is playing. Love the way the Montreal is playing. I, I worry a little bit that they have a little less to play for because uh, they're, they're situated pretty strongly in second. There's no moving up or down in the Eastern Division. But I also believe that Winnipeg, in their hearts, believe that they are going to finish third in the Western Division, and there's no moving up or down for them either. So I don't, I'm not, I don't expect any inspiration out of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers until they have Zach Caleros in camp for a week next week, and maybe things will change then. So I'm going to take uh, the Montreal Alouettes to win this game by 24 to 21. You took the Owls 24-21. Wow. I don't know about this game. I really don't know about this game. Final score is going to be 19 to 15. Now, which team do I think is going to win? Oh, let's just take Montreal. Just because I'm pissed off at Bomber fans for being dickheads all year. Okay. Get over and it. The, no, I'm not going to get over it. They're arrogant and they deserve to be tossed from the playoffs. It's too bad BC couldn't catch Winnipeg. That would even be better. Okay, uh, the last game has got probably the most, both teams have the most to play for. Okay, the most to play for. BC loses this game, they're out of the playoffs. Edmonton loses this game, their playoff picture looks pretty bleak. What's that? They're in the playoffs if they win this, aren't they? Who, Edmonton? Edmonton wins this, they're in the playoffs, BC's out. Yeah. BC would still have to beat Calgary and Saskatchewan. That's it. That's a piece of cake. All they got to do is beat Edmonton. Okay, so this is the big game in Edmonton. Edmonton's on like a four, five game losing streak. BC's on a four game winning streak. The class of the 
semi Titans? <laughs> God, I'm having fun. Uh, Marcus picking the game 31 20 for the Lions. I don't think anybody's going to pick the Eskimos, really? I honestly don't think so. Charles, go ahead. What do you got? All right, well, let's see. Lions are on a four game winning streak. The Eskimos, yep. I believe, are on a four-game losing, or they've lost four or five or something like that. They got Logan Kilgore at quarterback, which showed me nothing. I They're heard he's not starting. I heard he's he injured. Who the hell's going to start? I have no idea. Okay, so really? they've got their third stringer that nobody knows. Oh, that's dangerous. Uh, or I don't like that. I mean, BC and would have mopped the no floor for both Levi Mitchell's quarterback, but Nick Arbuckle came in and beat us. Hmm. I don't know. I hadn't I don't heard know. that, but you may be right. Um, well, apparently Logan Kilgore did practice today. Oh, did he? Yes. Uh, but Greg Ellenson is out. Tavon Smith is out. C.J. Gable is out. I'm sorry, this just doesn't set up well for the Edmonton Eskimos. They've got their preseason team basically on the field this weekend. Um, the Eskimos have already beaten the Lions twice this year, but they were a healthy team when they did that. Uh, they're not a healthy team right now. They're not a confident team right now. And they're likely a team that is going to um, – I just don't see – they got thumped last week in Hamilton. And if they've got a banged-up Logan Kilgore and all of the other um, guys, um, a lot of their top guys out, I know it's in Edmonton, which is traditionally a, a tough t- place to win, but I just don't see this as a... Um, I don't see this as a... Um, a good uh, matchup for uh, the Eskimos. The Lions have really been rolling lately, four in a row. Yeah, they... We know they've been um, beating, you know, patsy teams, Ottawa, Toronto, Wimp. Montreal without Vernon Adams. But, I mean, they've been thumping it. It's not like these have been close games and they've just been eking out. They, they've been basically steamrolling these teams. Well, except, uh, except Montreal. For Montreal, which, which was a close game, but they're a better team than the other two. The other two they slaughtered. So, I just I, – and the Lions are still uh, – they're still – holding on to life support for the final playoff spot. So I think this is a Lions victory. I think this is actually going to be a fairly um, significant Lions victory. And I'm calling BC to win this one uh, 34 to 14. 34 to 14 for BC. So in Edmonton's last six games, okay, they have one victory and it was against Ottawa. Right. And it was a close game, if you remember, too. They did not. It beat was them by not, not. That's correct. It was twenty-one sixteen, and yeah. uh, they just barely, barely won that game. Ottawa could have taken them out, and it would have been would have been really good for BC. That but game, it didn't happen. That game was tied in the fourth quarter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they're five and one in the last six, and they got to beat the worst team in the league. Yeah. Wow. Good for them. 
Not that BC is much and better. And some of those losses came with Trevor Harris still, too. Yes. Those weren't all Logan Kilgore. They were not. But they, they, they've they gone down since then, so. Okay, so, uh, William, I got your score 34-14, Charles. Yep. Okay, so just to inform everybody, Jeremiah Briscoe is the S second string quarterback. And First string. Uh, he's an impressive he is an impressive individual. He's an impressive individual. Yeah, they uh, all are see. before they get to play. Eight hundred and two for thirteen hundred and seventy five pass attempts for eleven thousand eight hundred and forty nine yards. 119 touchdowns and 35 interceptions. Where did he so play school? Look out. This is college? Where did he play in college? He played Sam Houston State. Oh, okay. powerhouse. But before that, what? But before oh, that he was at Alabama, okay, and he played in six games, and he was 17 of 47 for 361 yards, three touchdowns and four interceptions. So he's a hot and cold guy. Anyway, he's a hot and cold guy. He didn't do well with the Crimson Tide, but he did okay with Sam Houston. He is a he is a two time two time Walter Payton Award winner. So there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. So he's never played a professional game of football in his life. Six foot three, two hundred and twenty five pounds, and he is. 0 for 2 this season as far as passes go. Oh, okay. (coughs) Passes go. I thought you were talking about start. I don't remember him starting. He's 26 years old. So, anyways. Um, So you're going with Edmonton. Absolutely. Because I want the Lions to win. Because I want the Lions to win, yes. Um, So, I'm going to go Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to go. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to go. Not that, uh... not that funny. Yeah, it is. Okay. I'm going to go 24 to 14 for Edmonton. Okay. Mark's taking the uh, BC Lions 31-20. Phil, you're up. What are you going to do? You're the wild card. Well, isn't this an exciting game? Uh, you know, the, we got the games of the week, and then we've got the Ottawa-Toronto game. This is going to be slightly more exciting than the Ottawa-Toronto game for me personally. I know there's other people on the panel who are going to be a little more excited to see this one. It's uh, without Logan Kilgore. Uh, I think it could be r- really quite a scary game for Edmonton. But if he did practice today, I'm going to assume that Logan Kilgore is going to play. And we've seen some good things out of him. When we just see less, less and less. He hasn't won yet, Phil. But we yeah, he did. He won in Ottawa. Game. Oh, that's right, he did. Barely, but he did. <coughs> If you won in Ottawa, did you really win? Yeah, go on. Well, good point, Charles. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, BC has two of those Ottawa. games on their winning streak, so 
Fair enough. I realize that as I said it. Go on. Very <laughs> good point. But I'm good with that. I'm okay. But I'm going to watch with lots of interest anyway. And uh, because I like the way BC is playing, I think they're going to be the best team to ever miss the playoffs since uh, a Ryder team not so long ago. Um, you mean the 14-4 and four Edmonton team of, what, 2004? 14, uh, 2014? No, when was 4-14 that? 4-14 Edmonton. That was a good the one. 4-14 Edmonton. Another yeah. one that was good, really good down the stretch was the – that went to – had a four four game winning streak down the stretch against real good teams was the 2016 Saskatchewan Rough Riders team as well with the same head uh, coach know, as that 2014. I'm totally shocked that you're talking about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here. Who would have this thought? is all about BC and Edmonton right now. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's a typical Edmonton Rider fan changing the uniforms. subject back towards the Riders. Edmonton has green on their uniforms. Yeah. You got confused there for a minute. Okay. Sorry, Phil. I understand yeah, the confusion well, for you. Green on their uniforms isn't enough for me to pick them this weekend. I'm probably wrong. It's probably going to be an even wider score than this, but I'm going to take BC 28, uh, Eskimos 19. Okay. Well, I'm a BC boy to the core, to the absolute core. Are you really? Yes, I am. And there's no hiding that. There's no denying it. I've, I've never tried to... You know, hide my stripes. Those are tiger stripes. My mane, whatever. That's the wrong type of lion. I'm picking these lions. I'm going to shock you all and pick the lions. And I'm going to pick the lions 42 to 12. Home. I believe in the boys. I believe in Mike Riley. I believe in the boys. I guess we will find out if Kelly Bates has improved their old line, right? Hell yeah. Because doesn't doesn't Edmonton have 46 sacks against uh, BC this year? No, but I like think that. they have 14. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, we're going to find out whether so. that old line is better. Definitely. I mean, yeah, Edmonton abused it more than any other team this year. Yeah. They hold the season series. There's no doubt about that one. Okay, so that's the four games. There, That's wrapped up. Where are we? We're about an hour into the show. Oh, we're actually finished that up ten minutes early. Wow. What are we going to do? We're going to talk football. Uh, let's throw this one away. That's not okay. Okay, here's my schedule, my agenda. And right off the bat, what are we going to do? One, two. Uh, we only get two sectioned segments here about Eastern teams. You know, we're going to get some pissed off Eastern fans saying that we're not talking about the Eastern teams enough. So you think we should make up a couple things about some Eastern teams or not, just so that they kind of they feel fair, fairly represented? Or should we just forget about that completely? Okay. First segment here, uh, we got the Argos. They fired Jim Pop. I I was so betting, I was so betting Jim Pop was going to fire Corey Chamblin and take over as head coach because that's what he does. But it would appear that the president got there first, and he kicked Jim Jim Pop to the curb uh, and named Pinball Clemens as his replacement GM. Now, Pinball Clemens has zero 
experience as a GM. He, he's a great cup winning coach, great cup winning player, uh, absolutely awesome statesman. He is what he is. The, the persona is the Toronto Argonauts. I mean, there's nobody that you think of more than Pinball Clemens when you think about them on uh, Toronto Argonauts. That's just a fact. I mean, Toronto Argonauts, who's a famous Toronto? Oh, hey, Pinball. Yes, okay, we think about him no matter what. And, uh, you know, we we could probably talk about uh, the possibility of uh, – we'll do another segment here, figure out who the coach is going to be. That was a good, good, good plan. Okay, so – Who's surprised by Jim Pop being fired? I am. I honestly am. Uh, Charles, what do you think? You, you're not, not at surprised? All. Not in the least. You no. don't think that uh, Corey Chamlin would have should have got fired first? I, I I saw that coming. I in think fact, he will I said that last fired. week. I said Monday morning Corey Chamlin's going to get fired, and that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah that didn't happen. It probably should have, but. To me, at this point, especially now with this coach's cap and stuff like that, especially when there's only two weeks left, it doesn't really make sense to fire the coach. Not yeah, at this Kim point. But Kim wants to be the coach. Yeah, uh, he might have. But you know, and that it doesn't wasn't cost be any more money. Because he was going out too. What? It, it doesn't cost any more money if you, you True. put somebody in place already in under the cap. So if Jim Pop took over, it wouldn't have cost the Argos any more money. They would still been under the cap. Everything would have been fine. Corey Chamlin should have been mm-hmm. fired. Jim Pop should have taken over, and then the, the football operations guy should have said, "Nah, nah, 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 Jimmy boy, you're not gonna do that." Yeah. Anyhow. Mm-hmm. Go Who ahead. knows? Maybe Sorry. that was a straw that broke the camel's back. He told management that he was gonna take over as coach, and they said, "Oh no, you're not." <laughs> Well, well, we it, saw it, what happened last time you did that. I'd love, but, to, I'd love to have been the fly on the wall on that one. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been just funny? Because it's funny. It, I remember there was a picture, too, that was from – it was either last week's game or the week before of pinball down on the field talking to Jim Pop. And I wonder what they were talking about there. I wonder if he brought that up or anything. It was just a funny picture, but um, – what, you're yeah, about to be coached and I'm taking your place? Well, maybe. You never know. Or maybe the, maybe Jim Pop uh, said to Pinball, yeah, I think I'm going to take over as coach. And then Pinball went up to Bill Manning and said, do you know what that idiot just told me? you got to do something about this. <laughs> but um, Wait, he, they, uh, they no. said that they, they asked Pinball to be the, the GM like five times and kept saying no. He said no. Yeah. He said no. And eventually he just said yes. Then they asked John well, Murphy. He, was it John Murphy? John Murphy, yep. John Murphy, if he wants to be the assistant GM, and he said yes in a heartbeat. Well, if you're Pinball Clemens, do you want to take over this mess? Well, he is. I mean, yeah, he is, but he he was very reluctant about it. Can you really blame him? Um, well, no, he, he knows he's not a GM. Yeah. In all real... Yeah. In all real is in all realistically, John Murphy is really the GM I think now of the Argos. I think Pinball Clemens, he's the the front guy, he's the guy they put out uh, behind the cameras because he's got such credibility and such popularity in Toronto. But I really Charisma. think that the majority of the uh, per- player personnel stuff, that's going to be done by John Murphy. He's the guy that's uh 
I think really behind that, not to say Pinball won't have input, because I think he will, but I think John Murphy's the guy that's kind of running that ship. And, no, I'm not surprised that in the least that Pop got fired. This team, two years ago, this team won a Grey Cup. And then last week they got beaten 55-8 to eight by a team that's got another horrible record. So, I'm sorry, this this was... I figured he was going to get fired uh, before the season or at the end of the season, but I guess they decided that they were that they didn't want to wait, that they were going to move forward and uh, uh, just say, okay, enough's enough. Uh, we're going to start rebuilding now. They, it was weird timing how they did it the day before the trade deadline. You would think they may have waited waited till after, but then again, they're like, well, we don't want Pop to do any more damage because he's going to do something stupid between now and then. So um, I'm not surprised. I think Corey Chamblin's probably going at the end of the season. Why would you keep a coach that can't win? And uh, not just this season, but if you remember at the end of his tenure in Saskatchewan, he was on quite a losing streak. Uh, So in his last, um, let's say, 20 games coached, I don't know what his exact record is, but I know it's horrid. And I think they're probably going to want to go out and find their own head coach. But, no, this doesn't surprise me. Um, You knew this was coming at one time or another, so I'm not surprised in the least. All right. CJ, he just left a message that he's going to – he had to run away for a second, so he said Will to go next. Well, you know what? I really, really, really like Michael Pinball Clemens. And the reason I like him is because he loves the CFL. There is no doubt in my mind that he loves the CFL. Okay? I mean, he even said today that basically the CFL has brought him everything in his lifetime. And he's a he's a raw, raw, very emotional guy. Um, I don't know how football bright he is, but... He also said today, I listened to quite a, quite a few interviews with him today, and he also said today that he is going to surround himself with smarter football players than himself. And if he can, if he can manage that, then Toronto is going to be successful. They don't really have to do much to be considered successful since they're down so low. And I think, I yeah. think pinball is a good choice. I think pinball's a good choice because um, he's loved in that city. And if you want to put butts in the seats, I think he's the guy to promote that team because the guy definitely bleeds blue. There's no doubt about it. Right. There's no doubt about it. So I think it was a good choice. Did I think Jim Pop was going to get fired? Yes. Do I think they'll fire Corey Chamlin? I don't think so because he's got a three-year contract. And what does that do against the management salary cap? That's and a good point, so, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They were talking today that there's rumors that the Argos offered him the defensive coordinator job, and he said he will not be anything but a head coach. So uh, when a guy, you know, when a guy puts uh, – something down like that, I don't know if he's going to be around very long. 
But, and then, of course, the other rumor going around today is that could the, could the Argos actually hire Mike O'Shea as their head coach eventually? That's, that's another thing we're O'Shea, doing. Yeah. Mm, is it? Okay. Um, it's on the agenda, but I made it one. Oh, did you? Okay. So, yeah, I like, I like Michael Pitbull-Clement. I don't know if he's if he's the guy to make the tough decisions, to be honest with you. But I do believe he's smart enough to know that he has to surround himself with smarter people. And I think he will do that. And it can't be any worse than it is right now. Because if you look at it, if you look at Toronto's roster, and Jim Pop has had three years, they don't have a lot of talent on that team, in my mind. They don't have a lot of talent. So, and you're supposed to build the franchise. I don't think Jim Pop was thinking about that at all. Well, he doesn't know how to find a quarterback. Let's face facts. He, he stumbled well, across Anthony Calvillo, okay? And he wasn't able to find a, a plausible backup well, and or I, a plausible replacement. And I still think... I still think his biggest thing was he also stumbled across Mark Tressman, okay? Yeah, that and also helped. that made a huge difference, and that's what made him look good. Okay, I don't think he'll ever get another job in the CFL, to be honest with you. I think he's going to the XFL. And I don't – Yeah, I, I kind of think that too. That could be possible. That could be possible. And more power to him because then he'll be back a year from now looking for a job. But that's another segment in itself, too. So, yep. Go ahead, Phil. I love that Mike O'Shea rumor. But uh, just talking about coaches. It it does. But like uh, Charles or yourself pointed out, that uh, with uh, Chamberlain on a a three year contract, uh, he's, he's likely to be there for a while. It's said that he's a player's coach. But he's just really cold and malice with the media. And, and that sells in Toronto, that, that kind of arrogance. So I thought he was the ideal fit there. So I'm not going to write him off as the head coach in Toronto, particularly with the knowledge of his three-year contract. As for Pinball Clemens, I think it's a great decision to hire him. Uh, you know, he's got that, got that media, I don't know, pizzazz about him. And as far as football operations and not being a general manager before, like you guys pointed out, with John Murphy being there, he's already surrounded with people that know player personnel much, much better than he ever will. Uh, Let's face it, uh, John Murphy was hired by the Calgary Stampeders to be director of player personnel in 2010. And it could be said or argued that the Calgary Stampeders are who they are today and have, have had the success over the last 10 years because of one John Murphy. And, and I'm going to say to see, bullshit. Maybe we're starting to see that trail <laughs> off a little bit in 2019. But, bullshit. Uh, I knew that. Not near my keyboard right now. That comment wouldn't be popular with one William McDonald. Before well, but it. William McDonald has an, William McDonald has an argument there. Okay. And William McDonald's argument is that John Huffnagel has so many contacts in football across every league because he's coached in every league and he's been this thing and that thing in every league 
I, I think John Murphy had something to do with it, but the talent that's come to Calgary has been just as good. Sorry, just saying. Just my opinion. And that's, that's a real good point. Well, uh, I, I'm just thinking maybe uh, John Murphy is younger, smarter, faster, and uh, and we're looking towards the future here. And I, I think Toronto's in a good position with uh, John Murphy as their uh, as their director of player personnel and assistant general manager. Uh, that's all I got. On. Other other than it's really fun to poke a little fun at at Will. Well, you don't get to do it often, do you? Not often enough. enough. Not enough. And and, no. and and Christopher Jones, I blame you a hundred percent for bringing a fucking writer fan on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much fun with that. Not only do I get to pick on a writer fan, a writer fan to pick on a guest stamp fan. It's it's a win-win for me. Okay, I absolutely love it. Okay. Here's my take on this one, and it's brilliant. Jim Pop's an idiot. <laughs> always has been, always will be. Can't put a team together to save his life. I don't know what happened in Montreal back, way back when, but I think it was just the simple fact that he had some really good people around him, and we know that that's true. Okay, if you go back and – I don't even remember the guy's name. Who was his assistant uh, general manager back back then? Do you remember, Charles? Back in in Montreal, it back in Montreal in around 2018. No, um, two 2008. I honestly am not sure. <sighs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, I know. Uh, Who? Well, speak up. Uh, it's just not. Sorry, it's just not coming to me. Uh, because he had a history with the Rough Riders. Uh, I'll think of it. The guy, the guy was absolutely brilliant yeah. at it, and it was there was no doubt in my mind that he was the the, the true brains behind building the Alouette team, because it, I never thought Jim Pop was was capable of doing that. Anyhow, so we'll, we'll move on. I diverse there for a second. Pinball Clemens as a replacement GM was stupid. Okay, I have no problems with him being the figurehead of the. Toronto Argonauts, he is, whether or not he's actually wearing that hat, he is what the Toronto Argonauts are. So he needs to be the president or the something like that, uh, not of player personnel or director of operations or football operations. He's not the football guy. He's not that type of person. He is the front you know, put them in front of the media, put them in out there talking to sponsors, talk them, trying to get people into this. What Pinball Clemens does, it's not player personnel. So putting him in the title of general manager is a plaque on a door more than it is a job title. So it doesn't make sense. Although I'm not arguing with it. Toronto has to do something. They needed to do something, and they did it. And I don't have a problem with it. I think Toronto Argonauts are going to be a better team in 2020 because of the move they made today or yesterday, and only because of that. I think that it's going to solidify 
some type of results. Good, bad, or ugly, it, they're going to be a better team. And that's my take on this one. I don't like Jim Pop, never have. Just an arrogant American. And I don't take that the wrong way, any of the American fans that are listening to this. He just he just never never played the game. He lived in America. He He only came up to Canada for football games. I'm sorry. You're going to be part of the Canadian Football League? You reside here. Even if you're an American like John Hoffnagel, you come and live here. Okay? You do that. You don't just keep your residence wherever the hell you are. No. And uh, mind you, that's pretty hard to argue when John still live in New Orleans. That used to bug me about um, Roy Shivers, too. Because he's another one that did that. Yeah. Las Vegas. Yep. Okay. That's my take on this one. Let's close book on Jim Pop. I don't want to hear his name in the CFL again. I want to see him down in the XFL so that he can go down there and fail. Um, Pitball Clemens. Right away hired John uh, John Murphy. Good move. Now he's going to need a head coach. The obvious answer is Corey Chamlin. The not-so-obvious answer, or actually really obvious answer, is Cochet. This is another man that is a poster child for the Toronto Argonauts. How Winnipeg ever got him there, I, I have no idea. I don't. What, were, what was Mike O'Shea thinking when he left the coaching staff of the Toronto Argonauts to go be the head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Was it all about money? Was it about experience? Whatever it was. We knew he was going back to Toronto. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. Is it going to be next year? I bet money on it. Michael Shea did not want a contract extension with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He has said that he's not going to take a contract extension. He's going to wait till the offseason to think about his options. His son is playing at Guelph. He's old Alamada. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Stupid, stupid word. Anyhow, so he he's he's a Southern Ontario boy. What the hell is he doing in Manitoba? Now he's going back to Toronto. It's a fact. It's a given. And I would bet money on it next year. That's my take. William. You know what? If Michael Clemens bleeds blue, Michael Shea pisses blue. Okay. He's been Double an blue. Argo his whole life. He's been an Argo his whole life. I've always expected him to go back to Toronto. And as I stated today, one playoff win, seven years. Who wants him? It shouldn't be Winnipeg. Okay? He has not done a good job. Yes, it makes a difference that they've never found him a quarterback. Um, his defense has always been pretty good. Um, but I don't think Mike O'Shea's a good coach. And I think, I mean, him and Clemens were, I do believe they were teammates. I would assume. They were. And, and, uh, Mike O'Shea, he put seats in the house as well because he's a former Toronto Argonaut. I don't know if that's the best choice, but... He is a head coach, and I think he's better than what they have now. 
And and as you said, Mike O'Shea, I, you know what? If you've lived in Toronto for how many years, nobody wants to move to Winnipeg. And I'm not putting Winnipeg down, but it's not Toronto. And I've never been to Toronto, so I can't really comment on this, but I am going to anyways. He just, in my mind, he's never fit in Winnipeg. But that's just my opinion. And he would be the likely choice. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of, other former Argonauts that are coaching now that would be a, a good replacement, but I can't think of that many, to be honest with you. So, you know, take your pick. And I'm thinking Michael Clemens knows a lot of people in football. He knows a lot of people in football. And maybe he has somebody else in mind, but maybe O'Shea goes back to Toronto as the defensive coordinator. Who knows? No. There's no, all kinds no of way. spots for him in no. Toronto. I, well, I'd say he know. goes back in. He goes over his head coach, and Corey Chandler's offered the D.C. position, and if he doesn't like it, then he walks. Yeah, well, that could be it, too. But I guess we will see, because – and I, I, I don't know if the Bombers don't win the Grey Cup this year. I don't know if there'd be any reason – to keep O'Shea, but then oh, I you turn it around, and, and then you turn it around, and who do they replace him with? You know, all the all the superstars online today are talking about uh, Buck Pierce. Buck Pierce doesn't have enough. He doesn't. No, 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 no. Everybody thinks that Paul Lapolice will be head coach in Winnipeg. Buck Pierce will Paul be defensive Lapolice coordinator. Will never be the head coach in Winnipeg again. I guarantee it because nobody's happy about Paul LaPolice either because they haven't found him a quarterback either. So I think once again, Winnipeg is in one of those blow it up modes and start over again. Let's retain some people, but definitely not their DC and definitely not their head coach. And for that matter, maybe not even their OC. So, We'll see what happens. What? If, shot, shot, but, shot the lane? You don't like the shot, shot the lane? Oh, but then on the other hand, but then on the other hand, if some strange reason Winnipeg wins this year, then that whole thing changes. All bets are off. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, and now that they've got a quarterback... <laughs> okay, now I'm going to correct you on something. He has not always been an Argonaut. He spent four years in Hamilton. Hamilton. He was a Hamilton Hamilton guy, too. And before that, that, who did he play for? Or who who, who owned his rights? No idea. Edmonton Eskimos. Edmonton Eskimos picked O'Shea in the first round, fourth overall in 93. Good Canadian but boy. I mean, also, how many Canadian but he is national... Also, but he is also an Ontario kid, is he not? Yes. Yeah, he's from North Bay. Okay. There you go. So he likely grew up an, an Argos fan. Oh, hell yeah. And he would be perfect He would be perfect for interviews in Toronto because he never says anything. Yeah. I was and they don't by care there former... anyway, so it wouldn't matter. I was told by a former CFL player that he would become a, a Saskatchewan Rough Rider in 2000 
if it hadn't been for a particular racist general manager at the time. Just saying. It's the rumors. Who went, went, At that time, he won $150,000. And he says, there's no way I'm paying a XXX SOB $150,000 to play middle linebacker. You mean and you mean a, my, a my Canadian or a white guy? Both, yeah, both, yeah. And because there was a, you know, there was a plethora of of, of import talent available at the time, but he, he used a sort of a racial statement to to talk about it at the time, and uh, and and he may have been right, but uh, of course, when you think about the ratio, you know that that Canadian middle linebacker can be pretty important. So, as it turned out, uh, Mike O'Shea never became a Saskatchewan Rough Rider when it was heavily rumored that he was about to sign with the Riders in 2000. Yeah. And it was his preference. No, but nobody goes to Saskatchewan on purpose. I don't buy that it was his preference to sign there over Toronto. There's not, there's not a hope in hell. No, Toronto would have been his first choice, not Saskatchewan. Well, Toronto wasn't wasn't strong in debating at, at that point. I, I oh, okay, guess that, that, I guess that was the Hamilton around Hamilton or whichever. So, yeah. Um, now O'Shea is his contract up at the end of this year? Yes. Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It would not surprise me in the least to see him end up in Toronto as the coach. Although another name popped up there was Kahari Jones, who also ah. does not have a contract past this season. But I can't see with the what he's done with the resurgence in Montreal. I can't see him walking from there. No, I think you're right, Charles. I think uh, I think with the the uh, with uh, the momentum of, of the Montreal franchise and people back in the seats again here the last the last game or two, uh, I I would be very very surprised to see Kahari Jones leave the Yellowwood yeah. organization. I agree. Yeah, and I would think though if they ever get uh, an owner in Montreal, because uh, that's still not um, that's still up in there. Although I hear they're close, but we've been hearing that for God knows how long. I think their first priority would be to sign him to a contract. But do you think that new owner we'll is, what is Lonnie Lieberman, Charles? What's that? Do you think that new owner is Lonnie Gleiberman? Not a chance. <laughs> that guy can never be anywhere near the CFL again. I don't even like the fact that he's in our group, to be perfectly honest. You know, I, I, I talk to Lonnie quite often in our group, and he, he is not wrong on many things. You just don't like him because he's fucked up a couple CFL teams. I well, understand. yeah, there's a good reason not to like him there. Right, I understand that, and I, I don't have a problem with that. But he, the man does know football. Yeah, and you look at it from a business side of things, which most people look at business and football emotionally. And I'm one of the few people that do not. And Lonnie and I get along quite well. So now I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page because people change things. It, the whole concept of a wiki, Wicca, is that it. Is user changeable, right? Right. Okay. Yep. So it's created by a user. 
you have to be signed in and, and, and you can edit things. So they've got um, Michael Shea's coaching record here. And, you know, coaching record in uh, 2014 in Winnipeg was 7-11. 2015 was 5-13, and 13, uh, which was fourth in the West. Uh, he went from fifth in the West, fourth in the West, third in the West, second, third in the West last year. So in 2019, they've got him at 9-4, and four, first in the West. Uh, that's not right. That's not right. Should we edit this? What Should year was that? This, this year. year. Well, they were not nine and four. West. But they were at nine and four, were they not? Mm-hmm. I don't think they were. Yeah, I think yeah, they were yeah, at they, nine and four. They were, yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. So it is technically true, but they update it every week, do they? I guess so. It gets updated whenever somebody does. Whenever Mogi has a chance to log into Wikipedia, apparently. You think Todd Mogi wouldn't do that? Jared, I would. Yes, he would. Jared would do that in a heartbeat. Hmm. Oh well. Hey, Christopher, could you look at the? Could you look at for Cody Fajardo's page to see if it's entitled the premier quarterback in the CFL? Because I know who changed that. No, I don't know who would have changed that. Phil, did you change that? <clears throat> I got one thing to add to this. Uh, this rumor about. Uh, Mike O'Shea going to Toronto. Uh, there is that stumbling block of the three-year contract for Corey Chamberlain. However, uh, much like today, where we've seen the CFL pull a, uh, a move on the go of uh, extending the uh, trade deadline, I would not be surprised if uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment and or Pinball McClemens convinces our commissioner to uh, make some adjustments to the management and coaches salary rule that would allow for the placement of uh, Mike O'Shea in Toronto because of its significance to the league and to the Toronto market. Wouldn't surprise me at all if we've seen that in the off season. I don't know. I think there should be an extension for firing coaches because all you, all you're doing by a salary uh, management salary cap, is punishing the bad teams that are trying to get better. Toronto is yeah, a bad team. Yeah, you're really preventing team. them. Yeah, Toronto is a bad team. They need to fire their coach, but they can't do it because of a management salary cap. Calgary has a management salary cap. They love their their coach. No problems, right? Yep. So the only nope. thing that you're punishing right now is the weaker teams by the management salary cap. I understand you can't – if you fire a coach, you should be from the cap right now. And and we don't honestly know if that's not the case. We don't. That's a good point, Christopher, that, uh, and that's, that's what it is doing. 
it's uh, it's just like stamping out fossil fuels is hurting the poor people. Uh, to get don't want to go on that subject, but but uh, no, we're not if going you on remember, that. Remember this this rumor or this rule was started basically to to uh, sort of attack the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and it was also known as the Chris Jones rule. And I think now that Chris Jones has moved on to the NFL, maybe we can relax it and everybody can just chill out a little bit and uh, we can we can roll that rule back and allow teams like like Toronto to maybe come back into the fold in the CFL? Oh it's it's not that's not the case. It's not a Chris Jones rule. It this is this has been almost demanded by the uh CFLPA for years and years and years. Is that why are we paying coaches $100,000 and we're paying football players $100,000? Coaches don't play the game. And you'll hear that over and over. And in fact, I think I read from Paul McCallum in our group. Did I not? Charles, did you read that too? Yes, I'm pretty sure I did. So this, this has come from CFLPA. This has got nothing to do with Chris Jones. That's just Ryder Nation trying to be important again. Yeah. This is something the players have complained about for quite some time. Probably I, since I before Chris Jones was in the league. I hadn't heard a lot of it before Chris Jones took that contract and went to Saskatchewan and took the entire Grey Cup winning coaching staff with him. Well, they didn't take the entire staff, but a good chunk of it, yes. Now, you know, yeah. I... I one you don't guy, you, yeah. you don't know me that well, Phil. You, you've only been on the show for a very short part of the season, never mind the last five years. But I am not. I don't really give a shit about players. I really don't. Okay. I I follow football. I follow the business side of football more than anything else. Okay. I love the negotiations. I love the contracts. I want to know why the um. Uh, can't even think of it now. What's the list down in the states? The uh, which yeah, the list the uh, uh, negotiation list. You yeah, the nego- oh, yeah, negotiation the negoti- list. Yeah. I want all of these things public. I, I I love this. I eat this up. This is what I want to play with. I want to play with t- uh, salaries. I want to tr- track uh, salary cap. I th- that's the type of stuff that I want to do. I couldn't give a shit about players, what their records are, what position they play. Half the time, I don't even know their names. I really, and, and most of the time, I can't pronounce their names. I couldn't give a shit about the players. There's no loyalty in football. The players are here this year. They're going somewhere else next year. Nobody cares. They're retired. They play. They break their leg. They go away. It, it, they're, they're, it's done. I don't, players come and go. It's not a big deal. I don't, couldn't give a shit who's playing for my team as long as my team is, is playing well. Okay. And that's just a fact. You, I have favorite players in the CFL, like uh, Mike Riley was one of my favorite players, even though he was an Edmonton Eskimo. Now that he's playing back with BC, that's awesome, right? Um, yeah. I, even when we had players in BC, I didn't like him. I didn't like G. Roy Simon. So, you know, it's just one of those things. So um, I don't care about the players, really. It doesn't matter. I follow the, the, the business side of football, and this has been a sore point with the CFLPA for the last Six negotiations. You I may not have heard of it until Chris Jones in Saskatchewan, but this has been a sore point for a very, very long time. I'm a little bit like you in the, that I love the business side of football, but 
I do try to stay away from the CFL or from the CBA because it just it frustrates me when I they they talk about that a season might not happen. So I try to stay away from that. But at our house, uh, Christmas time is the first week of February during free agency, and uh, it's absolutely the best time of the year as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I love the off season almost more than the season. Okay, so. Mike Gaucher is going to the Toronto Argonauts. I think that's pretty much a done deal. Now, let's talk about trade deadline and what happens. They trade. There's a blockbuster trade that happens. It sends Zach Caleros from Toronto. This is the new John Murphy, Pinball Clemens general manager move for a coach to be named later. We all know who that coach is, right? No, honestly, he went over for a couple of draft picks. Uh, third rounder, which will be a first rounder of Zach Caleros, re-signs with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Toronto Argonauts get a first-round draft pick for him. Uh, good trade, Zach Caleros. Uh, I'm really high on him. Uh, like I said, I, I have a few players that I do follow. I think Zach Caleros is probably one of the, if not the most talented quarterbacks in the CFL. Uh, he he loses a lot of points on his uh, ability to stay healthy. If he could take a hit the way Mike Riley could, oh my God, he would be an amazing quarterback, but he cannot take the hits the way that Mike Riley does. And uh, we know that because he's never successfully completed a season. He has never played 18 games in a season. He has always been lost for injury. This is his seventh year in the CFL and every one of them is exactly the same. Now, he has never had an O-line. Kent Austin didn't know how to build a football team. Chris Jones didn't know how to build an offense. It's just everything that's happened to this poor man is because there's no protection for him. Now, now he's going into Bomberville, where you have arguably the best O-line in the CFL at this point in time. And, uh, I mean, Strebler... Well, one of the key points I, I heard today, I think it was Todd that actually said it, is that Strebler had all day back there. He just you know, to, to read a book, but he couldn't read a defense. So that's his big thing. I mean, the O-line did their job in buying him time. Strebler just doesn't know how to play football properly. You, you know, these young quarterbacks all do run the ball. They, they find anybody down here, so they tuck it and run. Everybody thinks this is great. They're so excited about that. It's the absolute worst thing that a quarterback can do. Okay, I've never seen. Uh, it, it, it's just longevity does not happen in this league with that type of style of play. Okay, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? So Zach Caleros goes from Toronto to the Bombers. Michael Shea goes to Toronto Argos. I see it happening that way. Good trade. Uh, who wants to go first on this one? Charles, how about you? Well, um, I had said last week that I thought the Bombers should pick up a veteran quarterback. I'm not entirely sure this was the smartest uh, move to make because, well, it may have been their only move, to be honest, but uh, is Zach Kalenos even been cleared to play? Yes. He has. Okay, yes. I wasn't sure, but uh, um, 
I think he would have to pass a physical in Winnipeg. I think that would be a, he will obviously, uh, he would a caveat to, but, um, to this, country, this trade, right? Now, here's the question. If Caleros is there and he's healthy is and he's cleared to play, does he take over as the starter from Chris Trevler? Are you asking is, me? I have an answer is, for you. Or is he going there as a backup? He is the That's only hope question. Winnipeg has of winning a Grey Cup this year. Mm-hmm. If Winnipeg wants to go anywhere, in fact, this just changed the odds for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to win the Grey Cup. There was no other thing out there that would have changed the odds, swung it in Winnipeg's favor the way they did by trading for Zach Claros today. They're actually a contender mm-hmm. now. I, I, I absolutely wrote off their season. When they were saying they were standing pat with the quarterbacks that they have, I said, you guys are done. 29 years and counting, going to be 30. Okay? It's, it's over for Winnipeg. They made a trade for one of the best quarterbacks, active quarterbacks in the CFL. Yeah. Can he come out and perform? We don't know yet. But he's going to be better than Chris Strebler. Yeah. And that may be, uh, certainly, I think, if healthy, I think he's definitely a better quarterback than uh, Strebler. I don't, I don't think there's many players out there, the people out there that would uh, argue that. So it's just a matter of if he can stay healthy and if he can, you know, if they can protect him, it can be successful, but they got to protect him. Oh, big time. But Winnipeg yep. can. Yeah, well, they do. That's the one thing is that they do have uh, a lot of people say they're the best offensive line in the CFL. And uh, a lot of people say, oh, but wait a minute, Um, Matt Nichols is injured. Well, that wasn't on a hit. That was a non-contact play uh, where he got injured. So that had nothing to do with the offensive line. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see going forward if they're going with Strebler or if uh, if Caleros is the number one guy. I mean, do you remember in the offseason when uh, Bo Levi Mitchell was down in America trying out NFL teams, trying to get a contract down there? And I said, the yep. best bet for Calgary Stampeders right now is to pick up Zach Caleros. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Right, because they have an O-line that's capable of protecting him. They have a team that is capable of winning with him. And he is one of the he is far more talented of a quarterback than than Bobby Mitchell. Uh, so. you've always said along that you thought that Zach Kolaris was the best quarterback in the CFL. You've I think he's the most talented. Time. I said or he's the most talented. talented. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback because a, a good quarterback, in my opinion, has to stay healthy. Yes, that's and, and he hasn't been able to do that. But Raw football skills, Zach Caleros has got anybody in this league beat. Who wants next? Will, you going to jump on this one? Um, um, Do you believe this improved the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' chance of winning a Grey Cup this year? You know, Winnipeg can have a great offensive line, but the first time a defensive player farts 
on Zach Kolaris, he's going to get a concussion. Possibly. Okay. Possibly. We've all talked about this. We've all mm-hmm. talked about this. Okay. I, 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 you know what? The only reason I can see Winnipeg signing or Winnipeg trading for this guy this year is because they need something that resembles a quarterback right now. And the only guy that was out there was Zach Kolaris. Because I would think Winnipeg, there is no way Winnipeg is going to sign that guy next year because a strong wind will give him a concussion. He should retire. We've talked about this all year. How long, when was the first game of the year? And it's taken him this long to actually start throwing the ball again. What do you think the next time is going to be like? Mm-hmm. Well, it, never it, I would back. say it's over. Uh, it's over. I, I would say it's over too. So I don't it know why they It should be over now, it. in my opinion. Me too. Um, you know, maybe Winnipeg is that desperate that maybe not this week, but next week they'll put Zach Kolaris in. And if he gets concussed, then what are they going to do? I mean, let's face it, the only quarterback in the CFL who doesn't get hit is Bo Levi Mitchell because he throws the ball away and he gets rid of the ball, okay? Mm. Yeah, just like Anthony Calvillo did. Fucking pussy. Right, right. And they'll both be able to form full sentences when they're uh, 50 years old. So I, I I don't know why the Bombers are doing this. But, you know, if you think about this, imagine this. Imagine this. Next year, Mike O'Shea leaves, okay? There goes their head coach. Chris Streveler and Matt Nichols sign somewhere else, and they got Zach Kolaris left over. They're going to be in the same situation Saskatchewan was in at the beginning of the year because they're not going to have a quarterback after the first game. So I, I just don't understand the reasoning behind this. I think it's a desperation move by Winnipeg. I really do. And then let's take this one step further. Of course it who is. Who said two weeks? Clearly, who said two weeks ago? Who said two weeks ago? We're not looking at any at bringing in any other quarterbacks this season. Mike O'Shea, you look like an idiot. For, no, forget two weeks ago. An hour he said before it, the morning. deadline, he said, he said oh, it, yeah. we have nothing going. An hour before all, the deadline. We all knew that was crazy talk. And it, Will, yep. what happened to you? We lost you? Did we lose Will? William? And he's, Are you there? There he is. Your mic's not working, buddy. He cut out there. He's disappeared. Yeah. You know, here. I heard him again. I don't know. He's Will? gone. Okay, let's let's jump over to Phil. You, you oh. Phil, you have a talk on this one, and we'll see if Will can work out his technical difficulties. Yeah. Hey, I I, I think this is a great move by the Bombers, and I guess I did say in my preseason predictions that Zach Caleros would be either in or be the winning quarterback in the Grey Cup. 
and yeah. it's still possible. This is a, a real possibility now. It, it's late in the season, but Paul LaPolice is, is the coordinator, and look how he made Trevor look like something special enough to fool people in a hurry. Uh, he's got the right coordinator to make this happen. I like the Bombers' chances more and more right now. And let's talk about concussions. Uh, I believe opinion, opinions about concussions are just that. They're opinions. Uh, we don't know. We don't know what's going on with concussions. And, and just to clear things up, Zach was actually cleared to play while still in Saskatchewan. However, in the province of Saskatchewan, they have their own, we have our own particular version of political correctness. And unlike any other CFL city, or, you know, not, not slagging anybody, but more than any other CFL city, if Zach had got another concussion wearing green and white, it would have been a marketing nightmare for the riders. And the riders, they gauged social media, they seen what was going on, and with so many people saying that, how would we feel if he ended up drooling for the rest of his life over and over again? Well, we knew, of course, you know, with concussions, that's not the way it goes. But um, the, the riders were left with little choice, particularly when Cody Fajardo started playing well. And, uh, and Cody Fajardo looked like the future and, and has continued to. So it was a good gamble for the riders to trade him. But uh, I'm with Christopher Jones. I think, I think that uh, uh, Zach Caleros is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen play this game. And uh, I, now the Bombers are starting to scare me a little bit. That's all I got. Okay. I have something here for you. And it says uh, Derek Taylor on Sports Cage, um, talking with Pinball Clemens tonight in an interview, says that Pinball Clemens tells the Sports Cage that he hopes to re-sign Caleros in the offseason. This trade is a chance to see Caleros play. So Winnipeg rented him for three-plus games. That's it. Uh, unless they're capable of signing him. Could you imagine Caleros in Winnipeg right now goes off and wins a Grey Cup? There's not a chance Pinball Clemens is going to get him back in Toronto. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but it's not surprising. This is not surprising because uh, Zach has bought a house in Toronto recently, and uh, just before he, he, he came to the Riders, I believe, and uh, that's where he wants to be. So uh, I, this is what I would expect to hear as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Okay. Wow. It's pretty exciting stuff, though. Um, what was the next thing I saw? Oh, yeah. Um, this was the fifth quarterback that the uh, Blue Bombers had reached out to. Mm-hmm. Interesting, eh? But they weren't looking for quarterbacks. They weren't going to have a third, remember? Well, yeah, accordingly... To Kyle Walters, Zach Caleros was the fifth quarterback that they reached out to, and which would include Kevin Glenn, uh, Travis Lule, uh, Drew Willie, Drew Drew Tate, Marcus Crandall. Which makes O'Shea not to be trusted. John Salvador. Any statement O'Shea makes is not to be trusted bloody obvious okay 
We don't believe mm-hmm. a thing that this idiot has said. Okay. Where am I? I lost my, my place so in my thing here. Here's my other question. What does that do to your team as a whole when a guy's been looking for quarterbacks left, right, and center? It means that they need a quarterback. Do you think the team well, doesn't I think that? that? Obviously, they're not, not on side with Chris Trevler because they haven't won any goddamn games since he started playing for him. Well, I bet Chris Trevler is just beaming with confidence right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he's, he's all excited. Kind of like Drew Brees was in draft day. Got to watch that movie today. It was pretty special. That is a special okay. movie. It's a great movie. Okay, let's uh, move on. We don't have much time left, and we've only got two segments done in the <laughs> list. <laughs> I don't really give a shit if we get to the XFL one. Okay, um, stadium proposal in Halifax has been pushed postponed for two weeks. So what? Matt. Who gives a shit? It's it's just Matt. dragging it out another two weeks be painful. We're not going to discuss this because there's nothing to discuss. Okay, we all everybody's opinion on this is exactly the same. Please put a fork in it. The sucker's done. Okay, over. A new simulation team, CFL.ca, shows the BC Lions with a higher chance of making the playoffs than the Eskimos. Do we agree? And what goes into these simulations? I have no idea what goes into this simulation, but I'm sure liking it. I'm not going to argue with it. I am very doubtful, but hey, with the way Winnipeg's playing right now, why would why would you doubt this? Charles, jump on. BC's got to win I'm three games. Sure what compu- I'm not sure what computer um, they use to bring this up. I like this computer. It's like I consider it a supercomputer. Um, it's my friend. Uh, I think. It's it's a possibility. I still, as big a Lion fan it is, and as much as I want them in the playoffs, I really am still skeptical about it. I really am. I mean, I just think that the law of averages will be that the Lions will have a hiccup, or who knows, the Eskimos will have will get lucky and pull one out, a close one out. Um, I would love to see it happen, of course. As a Lions fan, of course I would. And as a CFL fan, it's a great comeback story. Uh, it'll be one of the all-time great comeback stories if they're able to somehow 2011. get 2011. Yeah, all over again. But I just – and I love the simulation, but I'm, I'm just skeptical. I really am. I want to see it happen badly, but I'm just not convinced it's going to happen. Well, it's all about Saskatchewan, okay? Yeah. And I hate to say this. It's really all about Saskatchewan. Because I honestly believe that Edmonton's best chance of winning a game is Saturday night against BC. Probably the, you're right. If they don't beat BC, the odds of them beat they're playing Saskatchewan twice. And right now, Saskatchewan has to play meaningful football. And I have no doubt that they will dispatch the Edmonton Eskimos with ease in both games. Just like they did Winnipeg. They didn't do anything. Anyhow, I'm just joking. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, but BC has to play Saskatchewan, 
and Feasty has to play Calgary. So I'm not saying I'm not saying the BC road is any easier than Edmonton's. Okay, and we have to win three games. They have to win one. I think it's going to come down to BC losing a game. I honestly don't think Edmonton's going to win one. And I like it when it's your destiny. You're playing for your destiny. Mm-hmm. Okay. William, are you back with us? I think I yeah. am, am I? Yeah, you sound like you are. Okay. So what, what's your thoughts on this? BC Lions having well, a higher chance of making the playoffs in Edmonton. The way BC, or the way Edmonton has played lately, yeah. But I mean, in reality, who does BC play? They play Edmonton and then who? Saskatchewan. Edmonton, and Saskatchewan, and Calgary. Yeah, and they have a bye. Well, That's I right. guess they have a the bye big there, test. So. The, the big test will be Saskatchewan and Calgary because, let's face it, BC hasn't really played any teams in these four games that they've won. Correct. Other than Montreal, and other than Montreal, and like you said, that was without Vernon Adams, and that was a rookie coaching mistake. Yeah, they shouldn't have won the game. Okay. But right now, I can't see the best chance Edmonton has of winning a game is, like you said, against BC. So let's see what happens. And at this point in time, does Edmonton really want it that much? I don't know. Because their season has been so crappy. And BC, I mean, BC is probably playing real loose right now because they got nothing to lose. Let's face it. Yeah, I think they really are. They got nothing to lose. And Edmonton's starting a third-string quarterback. Maybe. But even Possibly. their second string quarterback isn't that good anyway, so no. 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 Right. So let's see. If they, if they don't win let's Saturday see. night, they're not winning another game, my opinion. Uh B C if they win Saturday night, they still have to beat Saskatchewan and then they still have to beat Calgary in meaningful games to both of those teams. I honestly believe mm-hmm. that those are gonna be meaningful games right to the very end. So Calgary isn't going to be resting players unless their 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 cards punched for second place. But it also depends on if Calgary wins on Friday. It does. Um, and and then they play Winnipeg if they if you never know where they're going to, what position they're going to be when they play BC. Well, in, in all honesty, yeah, exactly. So if if. If Saskatchewan beats Calgary on on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, um, Friday, I think we pretty much got the Riders in first place. Calgary and Winnipeg are fighting for a home playoff game, which is decided the next yep. week, in uh, or in two weeks when when or the next week in week nineteen when Winnipeg plays Calgary, and then Winnipeg plays Calgary again. So those right. are four-point games, right? So week mm-hmm. 20, it could be decided that Calgary's in third place or Calgary's in second yep. place or Calgary's in first place. So the week right. 21 game with BC and Calgary may be totally meaningless to Calgary Stampeders going into the playoffs. 
absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So that is okay. And by week the problem here is we play Saskatchewan in week nineteen next week. Which mm-hmm. we had our bye in that week and then Saskatchewan confirmed their first place victory. So they have to beat Calgary this Saturday for this but, to work but, for BC. But the other scenario you could look at is when when, when Calgary mollywops Saskatchewan this weekend, Saskatchewan's not going to have any confidence going into any game because they'll know they're not going to win the Grey Cup. So here you go. So BC has a chance. It, BC has a chance. It just we just have to find out who wins. It's yep. not just in BC's court. It has to do with a lot and, of different things coming and, to play. And you think, and if you think about it, all the all the teams involved here, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, they're all uptight. BC, you know, if they win, they win. If they don't, their season's a a joke. But their season was going to be a joke anyways. Yeah. The, the, so they got to be playing got, loose. Yeah. yeah. Without question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now we have talked half hour nonstop with the exception of a little bit of Toronto Argonauts about the Western division and what's going on in the Western division. We haven't really talked too much about what's going on in the Eastern division. Do you know why? Because there's nothing going it's on not in the Eastern division. We talked about that. Hamilton's in first place. Montreal's in second place, and the other two suck. Yeah, it is irrelevant. Okay, so we can't we can't just create talk about the Eastern Division when there's nothing to talk about. So we're not going to worry about that. But the Western Division right now is exciting. We have five teams, four of which are going to make the playoffs, and we have no idea what order they're in. In in reality. In reality, Edmonton could play in the Western Division. Yep. Okay. Winnipeg could be the crossover team. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at look at the, who they're playing. They're this week they're playing Montreal. Okay, that's going to be a tough game. Some of us picked Montreal to win. Okay. The week after that they're playing Calgary. The week after that they're playing Calgary. The week after that, they're on a bye, and that's the end of their season. They could lose the next three games, and Edmonton could pass them by. BC has no hope. BC has no hope of passing Winnipeg. Our only hope is to pass Edmonton. Okay? Right. So if Edmonton wins one more game, which they're playing Winnipeg. No, they're playing Saskatchewan. Um, yeah, no, it just it, Winnipeg could could lose all three of their next games, conceivably. <laughs> well, what are they on now? A two game or a three game losing streak? Two games. Isn't uh, Edmonton? No, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Winnipeg lost to Saskatchewan. Winnipeg lost to Hamilton. Winnipeg lost, Winnipeg to, Montreal. lost to Montreal. And oh, Winnipeg beat Saskatchewan. That's where we go back to. We go back to the, yeah, the so banjo bowl. Three their, their, their last victory was the banjo bowl. Right. That was their great cup. Yeah. It almost seems like it now. Yeah, but they just got Zach Caleros. Yeah. That sounds like a desperate team. That sounds like a desperate team. 
It is. It's a desperate it really team. Does. Of course it is. It's a desperate move. But they got that back against the wall. They look like, you know, God's gift of football for the first 12 weeks of the season. And now they've, they've just tanked. Absolutely tanked. And maybe we were a little hard on Matt Nichols because no, he weren't. was the best quarterback they had. We're not bad. And we're with, not hard with, on. We're not too hard on Matt Nichols. Well, okay? no, no. But and, with with that team and Matt Nichols, they might have won a great cup. Yeah. Because of their agreed. Defense. They they could Maybe. not because of Matt Nichols, but because of the team and a competent quarterback. Oh, and the other reason they're not winning is because Harris had to piss in a bottle. Anyways. <clears throat> not too many people are. We laugh, but that is totally derailed their season. I mean well, they yeah. were starting to they were starting to taper off anyways, but that really just put drove a wedge you know, right into their season. But but to me where I think they tapered off is when they announced that Matt Nichols was not going to be available for the rest of the season. I think they played Hamilton after that, or no, they played Montreal, I think. And they just the didn't look gone. like the same team. No, yep. the wind out of their sails. Just boom, just like that. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll have to PM Mark to find out why he. Well, you went away again. Why what? Uh, we lost Will again. Yeah. Hey, I'll just no, weigh in. And, uh, I'll, be back. I'll, have to, I'll have to PM Mark to see why he's not on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if that's well, the reason. I think Winnipeg's chances right now, because of the acquisition of, of Zach Caleros, has made them a better football team. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not writing them off just yet. I am not writing them off. But if they continue the way that they're playing and they keep with Strebler and Zach Claros is their backup, is their safety measure, and, and Chris Strebler is their number one choice going for the re- remainder of the season, they might not win another game. They, they could very well be the crossover team. Sweet. Yep. So, you know, and, and, and Jason Moss makes it to the, uh, to the Western semifinals in, in Calgary. Saskatchewan. Really we're going to get pumped, but One of those two. Okay. Anyhow. Oh, look at this. What happened? This is the three-minute warning. Oh, no. At, at 90 seconds. Okay. So yep. it was a three-minute warning 30 second, 90 seconds ago. So we're now we're under a minute and a half. We're going to uh, wrap this game. Warning. Yeah, okay. Where's my wrap-up thing? I, I had a wrap-up thing. Where is it? Uh, it's over. Go home. You can catch the Let's Talk CFL podcast wherever you are on our host blog, Talk Radio Live. And in podcast form. You can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio app, and iTunes. Okay, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 402. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and I had an absolute hoot talking football with my three uh, co-panelists here tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. And uh, tune in next week uh, or or after the weekend, uh, Sunday night, and for the next edition. 
Uh, 30 seconds. We're going to say goodnight. Charles, go ahead. Good night, everyone. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Phil. Good night, everyone, and get out and enjoy some CFL football. If you happen to be near the cities of Toronto, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. William, do it. Good night, everybody. Watch football this weekend. Go Owls. You're going to beat Winnipeg. <laughs>